Hey, I'm Brett Gornick. I'm Jason Lobig. Welcome to the Live Better Podcast. Best day ever. We are coaches, trainers, retreat leaders, and wellness advisors, but didn't start our careers doing this. Jason worked in public accounting, and I worked in corporate retail until starting our dream business in which we help people from all different industries pursue their best day ever every single day. The goal of this podcast is to interview both each other and other professionals making an impact on the world on how wellness is the fuel to do whatever it is in life you want to do better. This podcast is about teaching people to actively pursue their purpose and how to use self-care to do it. We're here to show you how the best day of our mindset is available to anyone at any time, no matter your circumstance. It's your choice and we're here to encourage you. Have the best day ever. Checking in, Live Better podcast. We are back on the rituals. So we've talked about rituals in general, what they mean, uh, how they're different from routines. Uh, Actually, I was talking to my mom about that, and she really loved how we were. She was listening to our episode. Thanks, Mom. And uh, she was talking about how she really loved that we were talking about the difference between rituals and routines. I think there's just such an interesting conversation that you can have with yourself about how to create rituals in your day, the impact that they can have on you. And today we're really going to be focused on doing some during the day. So one thing that we want to throw out there is these aren't things that have to be done every single day. Um, These are things that you should put a little bit more importance into. And that was kind of our conversation about them. Now they can be done every day. And the one that I'm going to specifically talk about, I'm really trying to implement every single day, but I'm doing it in a way in which it doesn't become this monotonous thing. And I think that was the big differentiating factor that we talked about. We think routines are super important. We preach about them on our retreats. Um, We talk to clients one-on-one about starting your day a certain way, ending it a certain way, kind of that bookend so that you can prepare your mind to do what it's capable of. Um, And so today we're going to dive into daytime rituals. And so the one that um, I've been focusing on a lot recently um, is meditation. And so the reason I've been focusing on that recently more than anything is I've been going on this kind of health escapade um, around things that have happened in my body that are expressing that there is something that needs to be fixed, something that I need to work on. So I've been talking about this on social media, but I've had a lot of oral health um, issues or problems, um, and I take very good care of my teeth. So I brush my teeth two to three times a day. I floss. I use uh, activated charcoal. I use a pre-rinse. I use uh, coconut oil flushing. Uh, I do a lot of different things orally. And as I've been talking to a few um, different holistic practitioners um, and through a recent training certification that I got, I've noticed that the thing I need to focus on more than the external things I'm doing to my body is the internal stuff. Uh, and I know this, we talk about this all the time, but the best way I think to focus internally is through meditation, through mindfulness. So um, honestly, it's been just about a week now that I've meditated every single day. Um, I'm I'm tinkering between a few different apps that I've really found, um, and I'll be talking about those as I I really start to test them out. But it's been 10, 15, 20 minutes of meditation every single day. Um, And for me, it's becoming something that I'm looking forward to as opposed to something that I feel like I need to do. And I think that that's really why it's been ritualistic for me. Um, The way in which I'm creating a little bit more of a ritual around it as opposed to just putting it on my calendar and ticking it off the list 
um, is I've been doing it in a specific room in my house. Um, and in that room in my house, it's our second bedroom. Um, it's where we host guests. It's where our dog hangs out a lot. Um, we've got a lot of cool different places in which you can chill plants in there. I carry a lot of memorabilia that I get from trips and put them on a specific wall. So it's, it's a really special place for me because there's a lot that's going on in that space um, around living and around the breath. So it's been a space for me to close my eyes. Um, I either use headphones or if, if nobody else is around, I'll just turn the, the um, app up on my phone and it's been a really cool ritual for me. And I've just noticed that stress, anxiety um, have gone down and clarity has gone up. So I definitely have focused on breath work every single day for years in the morning when I wake up and before I go to sleep. But for me, adding this midday ritual of meditation, um, of doing it in a way in which I'm comfortable, um, I'm very centered, and I am doing it so that it doesn't feel like I need to do it has become something that has definitely up-leveled myself from a productivity perspective. But the reason I'm doing it is more just from like a self-healing journey. So I think there's a lot of different things we can dive into around what you can be doing in the middle of the day. And meditation has been one for me that I've really come to love. Have you done it at the same time every day? I have not done it at the same time every day just because – our schedules are, are crazy. Um, I've noticed though, and again, this is a small test subject, that if I either do it in the start of the day or at the end of the day-ish, um, kind of like after morning clients, um, kind of like right when I get back home before I take off for the day or like immediately when I get home, it's been a really be beneficial. But today, for example, um, I did it right in the middle of the day and I I loved it. The certain meditation I did today was very much just around a body scan and finding a space in your body where you feel tension, focusing in on that and actually focusing on a stressful situation. Um, the, the last stressful situation that I had, that's what the focus on, feel that area in your body, go through the scan. And then after the scan is over, you realize that that area of your body has relaxed. So for me, that one in the middle of the day was amazing. So I'm actually right now just tinkering and just kind of like placing it in a space where I have time um, and I'm seeing how that's going. So it'll be an interesting little journey here. And, and my goal is to complete uh, meditation every single day um, for the remainder of the year. And again, not like holding myself to that as it's something that's like a necessary thing or like I didn't do the day. But I think for me, it's super valuable. And the more and more I focus on this like inward expression of my health, as opposed to taking things and bringing them from the outside in, I find that there's so much value in that. So I have not done it every single time, every single day at the same time. So I'll see if that's something that trends in the future. And what's the average length of time that you do it? 15 minutes has been the, the meditations that I've been doing. Do you notice better or worse with shorter or longer? Um, I haven't gone longer than 15. The shortest I did was five. And uh, I really do like the 15 minute right now. I'm going to start to explore further. I think what I've noticed within the 15 is I have about two or three, four times where I lose myself and then I come back in. The five for me was a little bit too short for me because I just didn't feel like I fully came into like a parasympathetic state where I was truly relaxed. So 15 has been great. I do want to try to increase it and see how that feels, um, but I definitely have noticed a huge impact within 15 minutes. When you stop meditating, when you, when you move, so not like the initial like, oh, this is very, I feel a tangible benefit immediately, but then you like 
pick up your keys, you pick up your phone, you leave the door. When is the first time you notice a benefit of meditation other than that initial immediate reaction? See, that's interesting. So I, I just threw up an Instagram post of, around meditation and I, and I was talking kind of to myself in the post about how the hardest thing about being consistent with meditation is – Yes, you feel really good right after, but it's not like you can like see yourself getting stronger. It's not like you can like squat deeper or jump higher. So the tough part is that consistency and the the research shows that it's like the ultimate longevity tool. Like if you want to live longer, if you want to curve like mental health issues or like Alzheimer's or dementia, meditation is a, is an immaculate tool to do that. What I've noticed, and I've been extremely mindful of this, is the first outside stressor, very similar to the, the Wake Up Wednesday around this, is been something that now I'm in this good state. Once an outside stressor hits me, I've been able to say this is something that is coming towards me, taking a breath, and then I'm either going to have to go through it, around it, up and over it, but it's coming at me, and I have a choice in which of how I'm going to react to that. Example. Um, today's was meditate and then hop on the bike and get out and, and go through the streets of Chicago. And you have one of those rides where you hit every single red light and you're already like, gosh, like I was already running five minutes late and now it's seven, now it's 10. But it was like, it's a red light. I can't go through that light unless I'm willing to get hit by a car. So I just sat. And you're kind of just calm. And you're yeah. just like, I'm in it. That's then, the cool part. That's, the, that's for me as Handling something. the things that are you can't control can't control handling those things that's like that's the big reminder that's what i get out of when i have a, a regular practice like that it just feels nice yeah and i've noticed that um yoga for me has brought a very similar feeling to that and i think because you end in shavasana and it's very meditative you're meditating all the time all in the time. class um i think i need actually i know i need this more consistently um so just to dive a little bit more personally into what's been going on i've had three root canals and i'm 30 I've also had two other cavities in my mouth and that there's something wrong with that. It's just not like, that's not a normal thing. Like most people get one root canal when they're like 65. Um, and through what I've learned is that your oral health is a kind of, um, it is an expression of something else that's happening. If you take care of your teeth, obviously, if you're not brushing your teeth and you get a cavity, like that's on you. Through Chinese medicine, through some other things that I've been looking at, there's multiple factors that go into that. A lot of it has to do with specific organs are connected to specific teeth, specific tissues, specific vertebrae. So I've been working through that with a couple health practitioners. And in my last session, we went through kind of like a pain tracing style thing. Um, and we were using muscle testing to say specific words that triggered weakness. Um, and so we were doing just a standing muscle test where you would test your arm. And if you lost the arm during the, um, word that kind of then triggered a next series of words. Um, and there's a scientific practice to the words you say and how you feel. Um, and it, and it went back to kind of like childhood style, um, conversations with myself. And we talk about this all the time, how you're molded at a young age through inputs. And at that age, you have no idea that you're being molded. Um, you have no consciousness yet. You're just total input. Um, and you think things are directed at you. Um, and that could be from a teacher or from a past experience or from a parent or from a brother and sister. And so what I learned through that was that I had 
you know, some traumatic things that happened to me in my youth. And I need to now meditate around those things, find where that feeling presents itself in me, breathe through that, go through some sort of productive meditation practice, and then move on. Um, And I think, you know, it's very hard for us to go back to those situations that happened um, as as a kid. Um, because they're really hard and at that age you have no realization that other people are stressed and other people are humans and nobody's directing that towards you and everybody's trying to do their best Um, and now as an adult um, kind of uh, I've really started to understand that those things happen to me Um, and I think you live with those things and they can ferment themselves in like knots in your body in areas within organs for me it's an expression through my teeth so it's just something that i'm really working towards and it's going to be a little bit of a long journey but the more that you just come to fruition and understand that those things happen to you you can you can address them and it's nice you have the flexibility in the day you're not sitting in a corporate office surrounded by people who you think are like looking at you weird for shutting your eyes for 15 minutes i think two things that apply to the corporate setting even more than this is number one it's an incredible incredibly powerful practice when you have so many different people immediately in your vicinity adding to those types of requests and stressors because you need to be able to handle a lot of like working memory stress like there's so many things you're multitasking on you're answering emails people are coming by your desk your door is getting knocked on calls are happening all the time it's like this constant like front of the head stress that's that's happening and I think that's what meditation like just creates a little more space between being like the overwhelm part it's like most people can handle some of that chronic stress but like day over day week over week month over month then you add personal stress into that and anything goes wrong and it throws like then you have no slack in the system it's just like one taut rope ready to snap and that is like putting some more slack back in there to be like hey i have a little bit left to like kind of create some space for myself yeah, I think you can you can take it from a physical perspective, right? If you work on your mobility, if you work on your flexibility, and then you go out for a run and you tip off a curb, but your ankles are ironclad because you've worked ankle mobility and st- strength, like you're not going to roll your ankle. You're just yeah. good. You have less chance of getting physically injured if you've worked through that. And what you just said is like you have less chance of getting mentally injured. Yeah. And I think the big thing too is there is a, a massive long-term benefit to this. Like we see so much with mental health and um, one of my favorite books I've read is called The End of Alzheimer's. And like we now know like there are legitimate studies, data backed studies that you can decrease your chance of getting those things. And right now we're at an age where we start to see this with old people and you have a, you know, an extremely close relationship to that. And we now know that we can be proactive at age five or 30 where we're at so that when we're 75 and our grandkids are looking up to us, like we're having good conversations with them. Yeah. And, yeah. and it sounds like something those. crazy, but it's, it is a daily practice now that will get us that stimulus in the brain. Want, people like, they don't want that. But what, then when they're old, what pill can I take exactly, to help me remember? Exactly. But that's what the rituals do. Yeah. And that's why they're important because if you can, you know, remove yourself from the situation, remove your ego and say, for example, in the corporate office, if you can get, you know, four or five team members to sit around a cell phone and meditate once a day, like it will be massive for your team. 
on the back end of that, you can um, go in a quiet room. Yeah, or that's what I was going to say. Space. The second thing is just is you got to create the space. Yeah, if you need to create the space, you create the space on your own. I mean, and I think just you know, long term, what it really is just decreasing levels of chronic stress. That's leading to all uh, so many other bad decisions. Like taking away that also takes away the trickle down effect of what comes on the back end of all of those like stressful decisions made under duress. Like how many bad decisions do you make when you're stressed? How worse do you feel when you're under chronic stress? Mm -hmm. And what does that lead to? And then what does that lead to? Like the proactive part is never getting to that point. So none of that bad things happen. Instead of having to remove 10 bad things that happened, you just spend a little more time every day doing this. It's like something that you add in that we now know is not a waste of time. Yeah. yeah. You now know for sure. It's cool to see that the data has done. I mean, we, it's, it's been known for thousands of years, right? The longest lived people have a meditation practice. So yeah, this is just mainstream. Now it's like, okay, we've got data, which people need in this generation. They need science. They need data. They can't just rely on like the, you know, the ancient wisdom, which for the most, most of the times is true. Um, so I think it's it's cool to see that there's data behind it now so that, like, if you are skeptical, like, it's just you proven. Just, yeah. It just works. You just have to find the, the type that works for you. Yeah, so, so I think that that's, like, a, that's an interesting segue. I mean, there's so many different ways in which you can meditate. You can literally sit down, close your eyes, and just breathe. Yeah. And if that works for you, awesome. If you need guidance, awesome. Um, I think it's very much like a hairstylist. If you go to a hairstylist once and it sucks, it's not like you stop getting your hair cut. You go to another one, right? <laughs> so it's like – you have to choose that. And I think a lot of times, like, people just get off-put by it not working the first time. And I see that in fitness. Like, people go to a yoga class, and they're like, oh, that sucked. Well, you didn't vibe with the teacher, or the music that they selected wasn't your thing. So you have to be proactive enough to say, this one didn't work, so I'm going to try another one. Because I know, like, the overarching principle. Something drove you to sit down in a chair and close your eyes. There was a reason that it happened the first time. So if it didn't work the first time, try something else and also you have to sharpen the blade so you might suck at it it might be you that's not good at meditating because you're thinking about 800 things you left your phone on loud and you're you know by a busy street so like you have to create that and you have to be willing to say like this is a practice i'm gonna work on it it's like if you walk into a basketball court and shoot your first three you're gonna miss but if you shoot 50 a day eventually it's gonna go in and that's where we have to get with it um, so meditation has been one that I've been really working on and, um, I think it's fun and I think there's a lot to go with it. So if anybody wants to learn more about that, like totally hit me up and, and I'll talk about what we're doing and I'll be posting a little bit more about that as well. What are some of the things that you've been working on or, or trying to implement in the middle of the day? Yeah. F for uh, what I was going to say at the end of that is like the people that need it the most are the worst at it. And that's like the, my thing is that what I need the most is sleep. And that's what I'm the worst at for sure of all the things that I've been trying to do. So I have been adding in regular 30 to 45 minute naps. Um, definitely phone down, alarm set. I set it for 35 minutes. In that cycle, I you get enough restorative rest to reboot you for the rest of the day. I found that when I take a 30 minute nap, it not only helps me sleep actually better at night because I go to bed under less stress, but it also relieves some of the stress that I get from trying to power through afternoons. 
my energy just for sure naturally dips between 1.30 and 4 p.m. And then it ramps back up. The one thing I've been actively trying to do is cut down on total caffeine consumption and being really careful when and why I'm consuming it. And with slower mornings, I find I need less caffeine if I don't have to rush to get to something or like power me through a morning of like four to five full clients. So the 30 minute nap has been the most incredible reset for people who are like, well, yeah, you have the luxury of taking a 30 minute nap. You also have the luxury of taking an hour long lunch. So like it's all just priority of timing and it's finding a space in which you can do that. So if you have restrooms, bring a hoodie into wherever you're going and throw a hood up, find an open, like the little phone booth and a bunch of uh, like business suites or all those types of things and just shut your eyes. The thing is that you think, oh, well, 30 minutes, like you're not going to fall asleep and get like a, a restful nap out of that. Well, yeah, that's exactly the point. The point is to touch like a couple deeper layers of sleep, but you're not going to hit any deep sleep time. The point is to like just tickle like the REM cycle or get in a couple, at least a couple layers where deep on your, on your sleep cycle where you feel like you hit the reset button. It's not powering down your computer overnight. It's simply resetting it with an update. That's what you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's what I feel like. When my computer's slow, close all your tabs, shut the computer down, restart it. Turn it off, turn it back on. Doesn't have to be for very long. It's not like powering it down overnight. It's the exact same thing. The nap for me has now split my day into two work days. So I have my morning where I want to be super, super productive and then I take a break. I've been eating. Um, I didn't get one today, but like tomorrow I'll hopefully take one. And today the only reason I'm not taking one is because I got an adequate amount of sleep last night. And the nap has been like the mitigation against really bad low sleep at night. So maybe I only get six or six and a half hours of sleep overnight. Then I get 30 minutes. If I can handle it, I'll throw the timer on for a little bit longer and actually fall asleep. Like I am out and I'm woken up by my alarm. I'm not like in that really surface level of sleeping where like any little noise kind of jars you back awake. If I can get a really good, nights of, a good night of sleep the night before, then I don't need it. But it is like my mitigation strategy. Like, I know I'm going to be hit here. You have to prioritize that full shutdown break. This is not go read in the park. This is not even just like sit in a chair and listen to a guided meditation. This is like shut your eyes. It ends up being like a little five-minute meditation into falling asleep. But then you, you really do get like time asleep even in 30 minutes. And I've gotten better at it. Because my body is used to being like, hey, when you lie down in the middle of the day and close your eyes like this, that's the point. Uh, I mean, you've been around me enough. Like, I sleep these, like, take these little mini naps all the time. It's called little tiger the tiger snooze. snooze. The tiger snooze. Tiger snoozes for me can last anywhere from five to trademarked tiger trademark. snooze. It's a, it is a trademark term. Little big tiger snoozes. Anywhere from five to 20 minutes, I put in the tiger snooze category. 30 minutes to 45 minutes is like a real nap. Anywhere over an hour is like you're going back to bed. 
you're going back to bed for like, you, you get in 90 minutes, you're getting a full sleep cycle at 90 minutes. So that's where the people are who are like, oh, how long should I nap for? It's like real 30 minutes or 90 minutes. But like anywhere kind of in the middle or longer, like you actually might wake up groggier than when you went to when you lay down in the first place. So if I go 90 minutes, I'm like, this is like a need for me. Like I'm taking the afternoon off when I, right before I get a migraine. If I have a bad headache, that's when I go down for an, for a sleep. That's like 90 minutes. The tiger snooze is like I have we have a couch in our office or I'm in a car is most frequently when you've seen me do that. Mm-hmm. If I get a 15-minute car ride, I just lean back, shut my eyes. I don't go to sleep, but as long as I don't respond to anybody, I can kind of stay in this like really weird deep trance lucid state lucid state where i'm definitely still awake but you're you're not taking in all these inputs and it's kind of like being in like a little mini sensory deprivation tank for like five to 15 minutes and it's great um so that's been my biggest thing has been that kind of like form form of meditation for me has been the full shutdown nap and i've been trying to time food timing around that too like not eating a massive meal right before i do that trying not to eat a huge meal at all during the day and kind of save these like sort of two smaller meals. I've been fasting for a little bit less time and then hammering a ton of food when I get home. But because I've been starting my evening ritual earlier, Mm -hmm. I'm not having that food at 9.45 p.m. or 10 p.m. and trying to get in bed by 10.30 or 11. I'm having that meal at 7 or 7.15 and going to bed at 10.15. So by the time I actually lay my head on the pillow, I'm not still digesting 2,000 plus calories of food. Yeah. Um, I think so like the combo really, has been awesome. Really cool things to pull away from that. Um, I think one thing is that like with what we were talking about with meditation or a nap is the vulnerability to take that time during the day. Yes, I think a lot of people think it shows a sign of weakness. And um, it's not because you have recognized that if you do that, you are way more, you know, it's like you take a little bit of time off, but then the time when you're on is way more productive. And that's massive. We talk about that with decision fatigue. I think one other thing to really pull from that is that um, two, well, two things. One is that we have a natural rhythm of energy, circadian rhythm. Is you come up, you go down, you come back up. Everybody wants to fight. You know, five-hour energy, coffee at two. Everyone wants to fight through that. If you look back at how humans were created, why we are here, what we are meant to do, you are supposed to take a break because you fucking worked your ass off. That's a siesta. Scored, you know, running through fields from tigers and trying to, you know, find berries to live. You take a little bit of a snooze. So that's an okay thing to do, and that might not have to be a full nap. It might be a meditation for me. It might be a break. It might be it might be a reading a book, or it might just be sitting there in silence. That's perfectly fine. If you are f- consistently fighting through that, you will get into an adrenal fatigue state, and you will create chronic illness, whether that's anxiety, whether that's a physical illness, or whether that's something that goes on in, in your life. The other thing to consider is just to understand where that dip is for you and Big be time. okay with that. For me, 
I wake up, I have great energy all day, and at about 6.37 at night, I am ready to stop. Yeah, you're comatose at night. So by the end of the yeah. night, I am, I'm done. And you know what? For me, that was something I fought for years because of the social aspect of being out late. Um, and so I've had to come to terms with the fact that I have to socialize more during the day or kind of in that like little bit after work style. But like for me, I'm a better human, human being when I'm in bed at 9 PM, I'm just better. So if I'm okay with every once in a while, you know, staying out a little bit later, that's fine. But I work all day hard at a consistent rate and then post dinner, it is like shut down down mode (laughs) and that is just who i am and i have to register that and like i don't get this like next step creative thing before i go to bed it's like i'm ready to go to sleep so now that's so bad for me yeah and so but that that's just like a it's an understanding of those things and i think the more and more you think introspectively about yourself and you create rituals and routines and and just self-reflection in general you start to say this is me like this is who i am as a human being i don't need to change that I just need to accept it and then work within my boundaries. And the most successful people I've seen have not only accepted it, but flourished in those boundaries that were created for them by some higher being or whatever you want to say. And it's perfectly fine. So like, it's been interesting how like you and I work together and it's kind of just like worked and like worked itself out that you'll get a creative idea at night. Just send me an email. I'll see it in the morning. I'll send you something during the day. It's like, it just kind of ebbs and flows and that's perfectly fine. I think one thing to register too is like the people that you're around, if they have these different schedules, like respect that. Like if you are snoozing in the car and or on the couch or whatever, it's like I'm not running over to you, shaking you awake, being like, yo, bro, we got to do this. Yeah. And vice versa with you. We're on a trip. Like I totally noticed like, you know, I Irish goodbye and go to bed. And it's not like you walk in the room like, dude, what the fuck? Yeah, you're, I, I just don't. You're just have, like, that's who he is. And like, yeah. he's going to wake up and be a better human unless, for it. Unless we scare you. Unless then you. it's worth waking you up. So I've been scared multiple times by these fuckers because <laughs> I fall asleep. And, uh, you know, but that's it's for a, falling asleep in public places. For public so if you're places. in a private space, you yeah. that's an untouchable. Yeah, spot. I get it. I get it. So that's now I've, I've learned how to lock the door. <laughs> Um, but I think there's massive value in that. And I think, you know, through these, these, this series of podcasts around rituals, um, and around everything we talk about and our own journeys that we're going on, it's a lot of self-reflection. It's a lot of testing and learning. And at the end of the day, it's just coming back to the fact that you are who you are and you're a better person when you work within those parameters and then just go ham when you can go ham and like go hard, schedule the hard meetings when you have the most focus and get those things done at that time and do that day over day, year over year. And you'll just be a more productive, better human. Yeah. The middle of the day, the other thing that I've randomly started to add in, because we have a full court basketball gym in our office building is going to shoot at like a who's for like 15 minutes. It's, it's like a little bit of play. And when you're, if you're in a corporate setting and you're listening to this, um, I remember when I was in the, my public accounting job, like when you did something fun at lunch, you came back and you were hype. Yeah. When you had, even if you had a good lunch or conversation with friends and you came back, you like, that was your burst of energy. It was like a little bit of play, some socialization or some play, mm-hmm. throw both of those things in there. Like you just redline it with lunch at your desk. Like, it's just, you're just fighting it. You're doing the same thing you're talking about. You're just fighting, like feeling good Yep. and you're not productive and it, nothing gets done. You carry that stress with you at night. You sleep like, like you it's wake up and it's just bad. It's, it's all bad. There's no, there's no like, there's no tourniquet. Yeah. 
This is your tourniquet. Stop the bleeding. Yep. Stop the stressful bleeding. And get back to, okay, now I'm in charge of how I feel. I'm in charge of how I respond. I'm in charge of how I handle stress. It's not just like this freaking guess. Yep. I could think a couple just kind of rapid fire different ways that we've seen people do good things is take a break, um, eat lunch outside, eat lunch with somebody outside of your office. Um, if you have the ability to meet up with a friend or a loved one for lunch, that's also a really nice break in the middle of the day. Um, go for a walk. Um, just like the basic things that don't seem like they're going to help you really do. Yeah. Um, and things like listening to a podcast or listening to music or midday workout for some people. I train a client that his entire team gets lunch off. They get an hour and a half, 90 minute lunch to work out or go for a walk or eat lunch outside. And it's a high stress sales environment. So they've registered that it works. The entire company, which is thousands of employees does that every single day. And I train him at lunch and he loves it. So I think there's so much value to just taking the break in the middle of the day um, and not trying to beat yourself through it with another nine cups of coffee. Um, and I think everything that we focused on throughout this series is about just the understanding of the ritual being beyond doing the action that you're doing, um, really creating something more through it. Um, and we thank you guys so much for listening to the Live Better podcast. Please give us a rating on whichever platform you are dialing in on. And we always love to hear what you guys are doing. So when we post this stuff, shoot us a DM or an email at hello at livebetterco.org um, to learn about the rituals that you guys are doing. And as always, have the best day ever.